Hello and welcome to Beyond the Chamber, where we go beyond the chamber to the heart of the businesses and organizations in the Elizabethtown area. My name is Denise Grove, Executive Director of the Chamber here in Elizabethtown. So excited to be back with you this week with my co-host, Ryan Reed. Hi, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. We are so excited to have as our guest today, Dr. Karen Nell, Superintendent for the E-Town School District. Hi, Karen. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Awesome. So yeah, Karen, Dr. Karen Nell, thanks for joining us. Icebreaker question. Give us one to two things on your bucket list. Oh, only one or two? Oh my god. <laughs> Five, six, whatever hey, it takes. Top. Give us top, the top. Top three. Ooh, well, I love to travel. So really traveling anywhere is is on my bucket list yes. at any given point in time. I have a whole folder of travel items in my desk. So at some point, I'm hoping to get to places like Iceland or back to Europe and some things like that. I've been several other places already, so I'm looking for the ones I haven't been to. Switzerland's pretty high on the list. Um, another bucket list item would be um, starring in a Broadway show, of course. Okay. Uh, we've talked nice. previously about some of my interest in music and musical theater, so that's always been a sort of a secret dream of mine. Any particular show? Oh, anything. Um you know, whatever they need me for. <laughs> um, and then probably my third one, I really do enjoy things like photography and being outdoors. Um, so that's sort of maybe a retirement type of hobby that I'm, I'm looking forward to pursuing sometime down the road. Oh, very cool. Very cool. I, we have a lot in common because I, I would love to travel. Yes. I don't want to be outdoors, though, with the photography. Uh, but I always wanted to do some kind of acting or mm-hmm. a, a dream job. I say it every time I do this podcast, radio DJ. <laughs> I, I could definitely see you doing yeah, that. Something yeah. like that. So Suits cool. Suits you well. Yeah. So how long have you been the superintendent? So I have been the official superintendent since July 1st of last year. And I had a, a brief gig as the acting superintendent when Dr. Balliette retired. Um, so I've really been doing the work just about... A year and a half. Awesome. Give us a little, um, so for those of us and the community that don't know anything about you, give us a little bit of your background. Um, are you married? Yes, Kids? I am married. I've been married for, I will be celebrating 15 years this year, actually. Congratulations. Um, thank you. I have a stepson who works currently as a paraprofessional in a neighboring school district for special education students, and he's working on his teaching certification. My husband's a business owner, so he owns two businesses, and we live up in Lebanon County. Um, so that's a little bit about my family. We have three dogs, and I say three now because we just adopted a puppy. So that's oh, been keeping wow, nice. me on my toes. <laughs> oh, so oh, that's, that's, that's been a, a off-the-side hobby of mine lately. Like another too. child has yes. arrived? Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. the shifts, the potty training, <laughs> yes, the playtime. The yeah. yeah, but they're oh. so adorable and cute. You just just like kids. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so are you from Lebanon County? I am from the Lebanon uh, County, oh, yes. Lebanon County. So um, I've lived in Lebanon County with my family growing up. Um, I mean, my parents had a farm up there for about 30 years before they relocated. So I grew up on a small farm um, up there. And um, then I've spent a lot of my professional career and, and college careers in Lancaster County. Nice. Um, so a couple other questions would be, give us a little bit about your um, education background. Like where'd you go get your undergraduate, mm-hmm. your uh, masters, your doctorate, stuff like that. Yeah, sure. I um, I've been in public education now for just about twenty four years, um, but I took a little bit of a non traditional pathway to get there because I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do. Um, 
not unlike many of our students, I'm looking at our intern Sophia here. Um, I, I was very interested in history and political science. So I went to Millersville University where I had a double major there and enjoyed lots of hobbies, including music and theater. Um, I then went on to get a master's degree in political science at Temple University, thinking that I was going to take a little bit of a different career route. But one of my assignments was to teach undergraduates as part of my financial aid package. And that's when I really fell in love with teaching. So I ended up having a change of course and got my teaching certificate at Millersville and got a job in a local Lancaster County School District where I was a social studies teacher for many years before pursuing my administrative degree, which I got my principal certification at Millersville as well. And then when I was ready to start my doctorate, I went back to Temple University in Philadelphia to do that in educational administration. Awesome. Wow. So why social studies? Well, I, I just, I love history. I love learning about other cultures. I love studying how people interact with each other and how it makes them behave and how that influences other events around them. Yeah. So I've done quite a bit of travel. One of my, one of the things I love to do when I travel is visit places where famous things happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a real history nerd when it comes to things like that, but I just love to see it with my own eyes or feel it with my hands or walk in the same steps. I just think that's so interesting and, and cool. That is cool. Love it. Love it. So today we are here to specifically talk about the athletic field. So one of the things we love to do on this podcast is to bring to the community what's happening in the community. And whether it's uh, interviewing a business owner or something else that's happening, that's what we love to do. So we thought today would be a good day just to sit down with you, talk about that a little bit, and just ask a few questions. So... Ryan, yeah. what's what do you got? What do you got for us? Yeah, so that's one of the things that I think it's interesting to that's happening in our community. Uh, big change with our school district. You know, both of my kids went through uh, the E Town School District. My wife still works there, so I call this the mid-season finale of like the athletic field. So we're probably about halfway through that project. Is that correct? We're not quite halfway, but okay. we're coming up to the halfway point. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, let's talk about um, what what spawned on this new athletic field. Like, what was the conversation like that said, "Hey, this is a direction we should go with with the field. Um, its current its current state to where we're headed." What brought about you know like what brought that topic up and ended up with moving forward with the project? Sure. So just like in your own household, you monitor. Um, the condition of the building and the grounds. And so as a school district, we keep an eye on how our buildings are doing, what our uh, physical grounds and our athletic fields are, what kind of condition they're in. Are they safe for students? Can they still be used regularly? Um, do they need to be replaced? Do they need to be repaired? We do that regularly all throughout the district on a cycle. And um, we came to the conclusion as a result of those annual and monthly and sometimes daily practices that our track was beyond its useful life and it was starting to become unsafe. So even when you put new new equipment down, it only has a certain mm -hmm. shelf life. And so we had used it. We definitely got our money's worth on that. How um, old is that current field, That the, the one prior to... I have to be honest, as a newcomer, okay, I'm not yeah. entirely sure. I wouldn't want to tell you the wrong information um, on that. I mean, my kids, my oldest is 22. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that same field has been there. My understanding, been, it's been there for a very long time. 
Yeah. 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 Okay. So the track itself was becoming unsafe. Um, the locker rooms that are inside our high school uh, are in pretty poor condition. They're overcrowded. Um, they're not adequately sized. They're very far away from the fields themselves. Uh, the weight room that we also have inside our high school has proven to be inadequate for the needs of our students right now. Um, so we could not have our football, our track and field teams working in there at the same time. It's simply too small. Um, additionally, as we monitored um, the, the space that we have, the athletic fields and the access to the community, uh, we discovered that our East High entrance to the stadium does not currently meet ADA uh, requirements. So over time, codes change and existing facilities are okay, but then you start to realize, hey, we're we're impacting accessibility here. And when you start to think about um, community events and that welcoming environment that we're trying to have, we wanna make sure all of our residents can enjoy that. Um, additionally, we discovered that not only in the stadium itself, but in the surrounding athletic fields, some of our practice fields, our baseball field, the ones that are located around East High Elementary, um, did not have adequate shelter from inclement weather. So in the middle of a thunderstorm, they would have to actually run much farther than we would like them to, mm -hmm. whether they're at Jane Hoover Field or whether they were practicing back at the baseball field. Um, so that was a need for us as well. We were crowding kids into the hallways at East High Elementary School, sometimes while elementary students were still there, depending what time of day it was. Um, and of course, a grass field, it only has limited usage. We could only use the field in the stadium really for football um, before it was kind of worn out for for the season yeah so I guess well, as you're talking I'm just thinking about things I think when people think about the athletic field all they think of is the football field mm -hmm. so talk to us about like what this um, project encompasses like what you know what what are the changes being made um, beyond the football field and like can you speak to that Yes, yeah, so this particular project is upgrading the football field from a grass field to a turf field it's resurfacing the track as well as updating some of the areas where things like the long jump or the pole jump might happen. It's creating an accessible entranceway uh, on the east high side so that it will be ADA um, compliant as well as um, provide that accessibility to the Jane Hoover field, which is kind of behind the stadium as well as into the stadium itself. And then the other major component of it is it will add a three-story field house to the grounds of the football stadium that will be able to be used by multiple sports. It will have bathrooms that can be accessible for Jane Hoover or Thompson Field. It will have emergency shelter. It will have a weight room in it. It will have locker rooms. It will have referee rooms and storage areas. Mm -hmm. Sounds so, pretty awesome. You, yeah. And you brought up some good points. Like there, there is the wear and the tear and the time over time it's just time to replace something, yes. to upgrade mm -hmm. it, to make it for it to be better, more usable. Um, one of the questions, though, I'm sure you're asked a lot is about funding of the project. Mm -hmm. So um, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we always study um, the financial needs of the district uh, with a, a sense of stewardship. We understand we are funded by local taxpayers, and we take that responsibility really seriously. So our school board typically engages in both short-term and long-term financial planning. And whenever you're thinking about a rebuild, a renovation, an update, 
you're looking years ahead of time. So um, even during our previous school board, they were engaged in a minimum of five-year financial planning um, to anticipate these types of needs. So as a result of that, our board was able to commit eight Point seven million dollars um, of our general fund balance towards these types of future facility project needs, um, and they did that back in February of 2023, so that this money would be ready in anticipation for this project. Um, additionally, once they approved the three-story building in the turf field, which was done in October of 2023, um, they were able to use funds acquired from a 2019 bond. Originally, that bond was planned for renovations potentially at Mill Road or Reams Elementaries, um, but when it became um, evident that it was not fiscally responsible to keep those two buildings open, we were able to repurpose that bond to make up the difference on the project. So the project is actually going to cost us approximately $13.9 million, but between that $8.7 that was already set aside and the bond, we're able to cover that without requiring any new borrowing. That's important for people to know, Mm because I think initially people, you know, I mean, everybody's first reaction, oh, my taxes are going to go up, we're going to get assessed, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and that happens on a regular basis, no matter what. But when you're talking about a project of this size, I think people automatically think, oh, this here's more money out of my pocket. But it's good to know that this money has already been allocated for and and then repurposed for a project such as as this. Um, one thing as you were speaking to, um, the name of the field, is that changing or is it going to stay the same? So right now it's still Thompson field in white family dental stadium. And then we still have the Jane Hoover field. So we do not have any plans to change that at this time. Okay. Um, so yeah, you answered how it was funded and, um, I guess circling back a little bit more was, um, I heard you say we, who is the we? You know, like who <laughs> is it? Was the score? Was it the school board? Was it executive committee specifically set for this project? Was yeah? Talk to us about who are the we that made these decisions. Sure, everything that we do is such a collaborative effort that I often speak in the we as opposed to the <laughs> I or the me. Sure. Um, so this project predates even my hiring in the district. Um, So for many years, we were studying this. We've engaged in facility studies, feasibility studies um, to assess the condition of all of our buildings and grounds. Um, So when I'm talking about we, I'm talking about prior administrative teams. I'm talking about the prior school board, the current school board. I'm talking about um, my cabinet level administration, including assistant superintendents, chief financial officers, input from principals, input from the community. Um, We have thought exchange processes where we get feedback from the community as well. Um, So you can't really narrow it down to one or two individuals. This is not a decision that was made by a single person or even a single small group of people. It's really been a collaborative effort over many years. Very good. So um, we talked about the need. We talked about how the money was there, which is really important. Now, will the future maintenance be the responsibility of the taxpayers or is there a fund set aside for that? So the long-term maintenance and care of the field house and the turf fields is the school district's responsibility. So once we pay for it up front, it is our responsibility to continue to take care of it, of course. Mm -hmm. And since our budget is based on a combination of local, state, and federal funding, 
in full transparency, yes, the taxpayers will help us cover some of those costs. We will build that maintenance and repair uh, fund into our annual mm -hmm. budget for not only that area, but for the entire district. Um, so we are committed to financial responsibility. We're very sensitive to the needs of our taxpayers while still making sure that we're committed to our life-ready model and ensuring that we are preparing a well-rounded experience for our students. And a lot of them find our athletic programs and our extracurricular programs to be very fulfilling, rewarding. For some students, that's what, what motivates them to come mm -hmm. to school. So we want to make sure that we're providing that type of approach to education. Um, so we do plan ahead and we can put funds into what we call our capital reserves. And that money is specifically reserved for facility repair, upgrade, maintenance, et cetera. You can't use it for any other purpose. So it's a similar way that you might have an emergency savings account for your own house to plan ahead to repair your roof or to get new carpeting. It's just on a much bigger scale. Yeah, and so important. I mean, I mean, as we said, it's, it's the safety of the students. It's providing them um, all the tools that they need to for when they leave you and, and you've given them everything. And so it's all a part of that package and, and so important. Yeah, and I would like to add that um, because of the efforts of our maintenance team, our buildings and grounds crew, our custodial team, our athletic director, my director of buildings and grounds, um, they really go above and beyond to extend the anticipated lifespan of all of our buildings and our facilities. So I don't know how they do it. They're miracle workers, but something <laughs> might have like a 10-year lifespan yeah. and somehow they've managed to make it work for 15, 16, 17 mm -hmm. years. I, I'm... I'm just in awe of what they do, and I really appreciate their work and, and being part of our team. Um, so I think this is not going to be the first time you or somebody associated with this project has been asked this question. When someone, I mean, if you've been to the athletic field and you've been there and spent any time, you could, it's undeniable that this improvement was needed. Mm -hmm. But there's going to be the people that go, hey, I think maybe we should have allocated the funds towards, you know, this or that, what is your response when people um, are going to question that, you know? And I think it's a fair question. It's just, hey, I don't, my kids don't play sports. They don't do this, but we, you know, like you're into music. Maybe we should have funded a bigger auditorium. Maybe we should have did improvements to the school. Like what is this response or the communication been on that front? Yes, and I, I agree with you. That is a fair question because we are responsible to our community and we want to make sure we're using that taxpayer fund that taxpayer funding appropriately. Um, but this project is really just the beginning of an effort to improve, update, and modernize our entire facility and campuses. Um, as you mentioned, if you come over to any of our buildings and walk the grounds and look at what's there, um, some of it is starting to show some wear and tear. And it's really thanks to our crews, our maintenance, our buildings and grounds that that we're able to sustain it as well as we are. Um, but these changes, particularly to the track, the field, um, they were needed to happen anyway, just due to the natural lifespan of those types of things. Um, the outdated and overcrowded locker rooms and weight rooms um, were really, and, and we have the limited accessibility to our fields and events. So we wanted to change some of those things. By doing this project right now, it will eliminate the need to do those types of improvements when we get to a larger project. And I think all of us know that um, something is going to need to be done to the high school and middle school at some point, whether that's a repair, a renovation, a rebuild, a new build, that is all still to be determined. But that 
building, the middle school and high school complex has exceeded its lifespan as well. So by doing this part of the project now, we will not have to do that um, later. So the next steps for the high school and middle school are still being determined. Um, We're currently engaged in another facility study to um, give our current board some options for next steps since the field house and the turf field um, was really initiated by a previous board. There was a little bit of overlap there um, between the two. Um, So we anticipate hearing more about those options and possibilities for what we could do with the high school, middle school complex later this year, probably August, September. Um, And we do encourage the community to continue to follow our school board meetings, either in person or online, because at this point we're discussing these types of things almost monthly. Um, whether it's updates on the field house and the the turf field or whether it's questions about the high school and middle school projects or other needs around the district at East High, Bear Creek, or Bainbridge. So when are those meetings? So our school board meetings are on um, the second Tuesday of the month is our Committee of the Whole workshop meeting, and that is held in our middle school auditorium at 6 p.m. And then the school board action meeting is the fourth Tuesday of the month at 6 p.m. also in the middle school auditorium. Very good. Very good. So what's the completion date for this project? So at this point, the substantial completion date is the last week of July. Um, So my understanding is we're just about on target, but of course that can be a fluid situation. (laughs) Um, We're monitoring that, but we are very hopeful that we will be able to enjoy our fall sports season um, in the new space. Are we doing a ribbon cutting there? I think we should. I think it's a must. We we may be able to make that happen. (laughs) We got to do that. Absolutely. One thing I wanted to hit on with was a question, Denise, that you asked about when the meetings are, because this has been, uh, as you expressed, uh, this topic is not new. This has been discussed for a long time. And, you know, I think um, one of the things that we need to encourage people is to go to these meetings and to give their input. So I'm sure there's going to be, whether it's this topic or another topic within the communities, a lot of people act like they're surprised. I had no idea. Well, the information is available on the school board, on the web, E-Town School website, I'm sure. It's been disclosed. People can go and voice their opinions. And I just think it's important if this um, is a, you know, if this is something that's important to you, then we should attend those meetings and People do have a chance to speak. Is that correct? Yes, we do offer opportunities for public comment at those meetings. Additionally, all of our school board members and my contact information is available on our district website. If someone is not able to make the meeting, they're welcome to email us or give us a call. Um, We also have a special area of the website specifically for this project where we have a live stream camera set up and some photos of the project as it has evolved. So if folks want to literally follow along, they are welcome to do so. We're really trying to be as transparent about that as possible. Is the live stream as exciting as you see the eagles feeding their babies? I'm not sure if it's that quick. I'm not sure if the action is happening quite as quickly as the eagles feeding their babies, but it is interesting to watch it in a time-lapse format to see. um, I was going to say, is it time-lapsed? The photos are. like You can see the photos of the stages of the project, but the live stream is literally live stream Very that'd be cool. interesting if you could take that live stream footage and condense it into like i don't know 30 40 minutes and just live you know like time lapse that whole project from groundbreaking to yeah when was the groundbreaking anyway i'm trying to think we did it 
last fall. Um, okay. Trying to think if it was end of October-ish, mm-hmm. beginning of November. May have been beginning of November. Yeah. Probably before the ground was too. Yes, it was before the ground. I'm just trying to think in my mind like what the specific date was, but um. so the do we have um, the the first activity that's going to happen? I'm assuming it's going to be football. Well, football will certainly be one possibility, but one of the advantages of this turf field is it will have lines on it that can be used by boys and girls soccer, boys and girls lacrosse, football. Nice. So we're actually going to get more use out of that stadium, which will give us the opportunity to have additional night games, possibly tournaments between using Jane Hoover and Thompson Field, which again is why the field house is so important because there will be additional bathroom facilities, rooms for referees, locker rooms, and so on. Um, so we're thinking this is going to be a, an area that the community can really enjoy as well as our athletic teams. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it'll be well used. And yeah. Are they um, updating the stadium too, like the seating? Um, we are getting new visitors bleachers because those were also not ADA compliant, okay. the ones that were there previously. So they had been grandfathered in, but now we can update those as well. But the main stadium seats that you would sit in at a home football game, for example, yeah. those are not changing. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Very good. Anything else exciting that we may not know? Anything we missed that you want to share with the listeners? I think the only thing that I would add is that I would really encourage the community to come out to support our student athletes and also to come forward and ask questions. We are happy to help. We do want to be transparent. I encourage the phone call or the email. I would rather have people just ask and get accurate information than to worry or wonder. So that's really important. Um, We're very proud of our student athletes and our student musicians. I forgot to mention that this is a space our marching band will be able to enjoy as well Mm -hmm. because with a turf field, they can practice on it without doing damage um, or impacting the athletic events that might have to happen the same way that it would have on a grass field. So they'll be able to enjoy it as as well. And I think anyone who has been to one of our home football games, um, you all know the pride we have mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. our students and our, our E-Town Bears. So I think this is just going to enhance that experience. And again, not just for football, but for many of our events. So we really do believe this is a place where we're going to have a lot of memories, a lot of fun, um, a lot of fellowship, and we're really looking forward to it. Sounds exciting. awesome. It is exciting. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Of course. Again, Dr. Karen Nell, the superintendent for the E-Town School District. It's been a pleasure, and thanks for sharing some insight. Denise, anything else? No, we're just so glad you were here, so glad to get this information out. So thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been another episode of Beyond the Chamber, where we go beyond the chamber to the heart of the businesses and organizations in the Elizabethtown area. This podcast is made possible by the contributions of 717 MSP. 717 MSP is your trusted partner in comprehensive managed IT services. With a relentless commitment to excellence, they deliver tailored solutions to optimize your IT infrastructure, enhance security, and streamline operations. Their team of skilled professionals ensures seamless technology integration, proactive maintenance, and proactive support, allowing you to focus on your core business objectives. Experience unparalleled reliability and efficiency with 717 MSP as your managed service provider, driving your success through innovative IT solutions.